Hello, people. It's Sean Harwell. This is the Never Heard of a Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks. Thank you for coming once again. If this is your first time, I don't believe it, but uh, uh, thanks anyway for lying. Um, first thing you should know about this podcast is that I don't do it alone. Thank God, right? I'm joined today, as always, by Craig, a little bit older than last week, Moorhead. How are you, Craig? I'm okay. Feeling, feeling a little tired. The rheumatism, yeah, acting up a little bit today. I just said a little bit older. I didn't say a lot of bit older. So, oh, sorry, not good with improv, really. No, but I'm doing all right, Sean. How are you doing? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Uh, how was your Fourth of July? Uh, it was hot and filled with hot dogs. Hey, I noticed right? a theme there. Mm-hmm. How about yours, man? It was, uh, I don't remember. I don't, we didn't have hot dogs, I don't believe. Oh. Hamburgers. Okay. And spaghetti. Did you have any like red, white, and blue themed uh, food? My daughter had a red, white, and blue bagel from Brugger's. Uh, That's, that works. <laughs> I guess, you know, technically the bagel was just sort of red and blue and brownish. The cream cheese was white, I think. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, that works. Uh, I, I took a bite. It tasted good. It tasted sweet. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect. I thought maybe uh, it was plain tasting right. bagel. It would just it be looks like weird. dyed or something, yeah. Yeah. It looked weird. I'm not going to lie. It looked a little sure. weird. Sure. Not tasty. Well, I think we should wrap up this bagel podcast. What do you think? Oh, man. Hey, everybody, enjoy your bagels today. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Let's don't do that. Let's talk just very, very briefly about the fact that uh, if you want to find out about a normal podcast, you should go to neverheardpodcast.com. That link has links to all the back episodes, all the posters you could want to look at. We got trailers and stuff up there. Uh, come check it out. You can find ways to email us. You can find ways to hit us up on Twitter. And I'd recommend both places, uh, along with Facebook, if you want to make a suggestion. And now's the time to do it, because I'm picking the movies for the month of August. And short of doing our Truck Rascals Space Truckers theme, yeah, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what, what I'm going to pick. So you got a little bit of a window here before we get into the next movie for, July, uh, for June. No, what month is this? Jesus. Before we get into the next movie for July. So why don't you come do that? Please do. Oh, God, please. Craig, Yeah. we watched 1972-73's The Harder They Come from director Perry Hensel. We talked about this last time in our tee-up episode. Yes. I enjoyed that episode quite a bit. There's a lot of juicy little nuggets and oh, um, side facts, if you will, juicy nuggets. for this movie that involve, of all things, uh, James Bond and The Clash. Uh, learned some stuff uh, from our listeners on Facebook about the Rolling Stones. And their relation to this movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what happens when you stay involved. But uh, we hadn't seen it last week. We have no. now. We haven't talked about synopsis. I'm going to save that, Craig. Mm-hmm. Because now, before we get to the main app, to the main course, I need to know, what have you watched in the past two weeks? It's not called The Harder They Come. <laughs> Sean, I have had a fantastic week of watching things. Oh, good. Uh, I don't mean to brag, but I have Please watched. Brag. I've watched more television than usual, and uh, 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 well, I saw a couple movies. There were movies I'd seen before. I don't count that. So 
What I did oh. watch was I watched the full third season of Rick and Morty, which I think uh, has some of the best storytelling I can imagine. I mean, <laughs> obviously it takes, like you, you need to have a certain sense of humor, I think, right. to truly enjoy it. And if you don't have that, then it's probably not going to be your thing. But like storytelling wise, that was astounding. Like it's not just uh, just an anarchy cartoon, you know. It's it's kind of nuts. Yeah, I've only seen part of the first season. Yeah, I also enjoyed it, although I, I felt like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm clearly not quite the demo for this because people are losing their minds over this show, yeah. and uh, it's fun and funny. But I, I don't quite have that reaction. But uh, yeah, that's interesting to hear that you're talking about it from a story standpoint. Maybe I'll maybe I'll yeah. skip ahead to old season three and check that out. I mean, you can, and, and like, if you really, depending on like where you feel like your, 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 your sort of ability to open to it is, or oh, not open. even ability, but your desire yeah. to, uh, maybe just go directly for the pickle Rick episode. Okay. And like, if pickle Rick doesn't work for you, then you can just say, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. There's plenty of other things to do. Pickle Rick. Okay. Pickle Rick, well, I like man. pickles. So oh man. That? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just a funny title like that, that episode for real. That's good. Well, I'm glad you uh, anyway. liked that season because apparently they have like 145 episodes coming uh, down the pipeline <laughs> that have already been ordered. So, well, yeah, that's the thing. I liked going it. Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I I liked it anyway. And then hearing that, after watching the third season, hearing that, I'm just like, the fact that they can now plan stuff out to that extent. Yeah, it's a real luxury. Yeah. Could be mind blowing. Like. Yeah, it's 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 that's a really cool thing to, for any show to have that luxury. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially something like that that's animated. So cool. Yeah. What else? Uh, well, the other thing that I feel like is really important, um, especially if you are, if when you were a kid, you uh, you were a New Edition fan. I was. I saw them at the uh, New York Macy's parade, as a matter of fact. Did you really? Uh, yes. We went for the Thanksgiving parade one year, and they, they happened to be on a float. Yeah. Did they sing? What did they sing? What were they saying? You know, cool they it now? Sing, they, they sang "Cool It Now," yeah. But I, you know, I think uh, most of that is lip synced, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that now. At the time, I'm sure, sure. I was fooled by it. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, saw a new edition in well, the flesh. Sean, have I got a treat for you? Oh man! The BET made a mini series recently called "The New Edition Story." No, I didn't know anything about that. I'm excited now. My wife and I put that on. Honestly, we put it on thinking we need something kind of on in the background. We have some other stuff to do. Yeah. But we need something that we have enough interest in, but we don't need to like check it out all the time. Yeah. I mean, we totally got sucked in. And and <laughs> and and really a big part of it for me is so my sister was a huge new edition fan. She had all the singles, so I heard all the Candy Girl, Cool It Down, Miss Telephone Man, all that stuff. Telephone Man, yeah. And like, I remember that, like hearing the kids singing and thinking about, wow, kids, these kids are like my age and they're singing stuff and it's crazy. Seeing what was actually happening while that was going on is, it's not really surprising because we've all seen like show business stories where horrible shit yeah. happens, but it's still kind of amazing that yeah, like, I, I, that's I'd how it was playing out. i surprised by that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like, uh, yeah, like if you remember anything about that time or anything like because I had no clue. I assumed if you're on a no, front I, had, of an I know album, nothing about made. yeah, yeah, nothing about their story. Man, and me I wouldn't at all. even think anything scandalous would have happened until like yeah, Bobby Brown was kind of right r- rocking it solo. But uh, okay, um, it, so you know, it, uh, is that just on BET right now, or can you find it streaming? It's on Hulu. Oh, okay, I can say that. It's not the look. Okay, it's definitely on Hulu. Um, like it's not. I'm not gonna say it's quite as good as like. The People versus O.J. Simpson type thing. 
Sure. But it gave me that same kind of feeling of just like, here was this place in time. By the way, here's what was going on that you didn't see, you know? And uh, gotcha. I, I really dug it. If it's better than the Def Leppard VH1 movie, I'm, I'll be okay and satisfied. Because that was not very good. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen that yet, so I can't say. I felt like, a, like how do you fail it at that particular story? But anyway. I feel you. Uh, Craig. Yeah. What did I watch? Um, some wildly different stuff here. Uh, I am going to count the stuff I rewatched because otherwise it would be <laughs> a short conversation sometimes. Uh, I rewatched Malcolm X, Spike Lee's magnum oh, yeah. opus. Uh, I hadn't seen that in a long, long time. And it's a long movie. Yeah. I broke it up as I tend to do. And it, I mean, it's got some amazing sequences in it. I forgot kind of how big of an epic that is and the fact that he goes to you know egypt and mecca and and takes his pilgrimage and and all that stuff and just the amount of time that it covers it's really really good i still feel like by the end of it 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 kind of feels like you're getting cliff's notes a little bit sure and i say that knowing nothing else about malcolm x other than what i've seen in this movie probably yeah. but uh I don't know. I was impressed by it. And then I was watching the special features. And here's here's an interesting thing that we could just talk about for an entire podcast, right? <laughs> so I, maybe I knew this and just forgot about it. And maybe, uh, maybe I didn't. But I did not realize that this movie almost just completely did not happen. So Really? Yes. Um, I can't remember. I think it was Warner Brothers. One of the studios was involved. And then they basically were involved at a budget that all parties involved knew was unrealistic and that Spike was going to go way over. And then there was like a bond company that was going to pick up the extra slack. And that's what happened. And then they were editing and the bond company started putting pressure and pressure, pressure, and then they pulled out. And so not only was the movie not finished, but it didn't have a home or a distributor at this point. And so Spike Lee called up like he had a list of like 10, 20 people, I think, all prominent African-Americans who had some money, who had done well, right? Yeah. And asked for personal contributions. He said he did not at all uh, say this is an investment. He promised no return. This was just straight up, I need money to help get this made. And are you willing to make a donation? And uh, guess who the first person he called was? Who? <laughs> Bill Cosby. Oh, boy. I know, right? And yeah, he said that I mean, he didn't even get like two minutes on the phone, and he was like, how much do you need, Spike? And he, he didn't hesitate. And that yeah. like got the whole ball rolling. And I was just like, oh, man, damn it. Like, yeah. You know, right? And it's just yeah. there's, this, a, this there's a lot a to reconcile world. these days. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but that was inter- there's an interesting story behind that movie, and that was a very brief featurette. I'm sure there's a much longer one to be made one of these days. But anyway, uh also watched uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Fred Rogers documentary. I saw that in the All theater. Right. And um, I think anybody who kind of wants to see this probably will. Uh, you know, it feels like I don't even have to recommend it. It sort of just does the work itself by saying it's yeah. a documentary about Fred Rogers. But when you do see it, uh, pay attention to, like, kind of how it's being told. Because I think it, it, in some ways I was thinking about the other day that it kind of matches – the content like it's not a showy mm-hmm. movie there's not like any like revelation of of his life that 
you know, something completely out of a skeleton in a closet kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Just sort of pre- presents who he is in an unassuming way, <laughs> kind of like who he was, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I was kind of fascinated by it, and it's just one of those guys that, um, uh, truly unique. I mean, yeah. hands down. Like uh, they just don't make them like that guy anymore, and uh, it's something to see. So definitely recommend that. Well, and, and then, that was something I was kind of thinking about about that particular movie because I saw the trailer. It definitely made me want to watch the movie, but then there's that part of me that felt like. Like I, I don't I don't imagine there is a, a scandal to be had. Like it doesn't feel like there's going to be a twist there's in not. the story necessarily. Nope. Yeah. Um it, there's things that I learned I didn't know about and yeah. I won't spoil them just because they're interesting stuff. But it really kind of echoes the message of what he was doing. And that's what it's about. You know, it's like why yeah. he was why he was interested in this and what was the value of what he was doing. And they, you know, they, they have the right footage and they have the right interviews. And so I think that makes the world a difference for something like that. You know, I mean, clearly that guy has been on camera for, for half of his life. Uh, so there is no shortage of things to pull from. Uh, last but not least, I watched a Marvel movie, Craig. Oh, no. Wait, is it the one? No. No. I, I watched uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, that's good too. Uh, I enjoyed it. You know, it's definitely, uh, I think it lived up to the hype of being one of the funnier Marvel movies I've seen. Oh, yeah. I've walked away from that still thinking, God almighty, there's a lot of CGI in this thing. I mean, there's just, it's unbelievable. And uh, I don't know. I got distracted thinking about what is, like, what are we going to feel about this kind of movie in, 25 years i mean thank god it has like this charisma to it and the swagger and and Mm -hmm. these jokes uh i think those will hold up a lot of ways but man i don't know um yeah so much well yeah well well i mean yeah yeah that's a good question that's a good question we actually uh we have a mutual friend who worked on it oh yeah and I, i spoke with him briefly about what it was like to edit things where most of the stuff that you're editing isn't really there in the frame yeah i mean good god that might be a talk we should Try and set up. Maybe we can uh, talk with him and kind of get yeah, the loadout. Because be yeah, exactly. It's it's a beautiful looking movie, but it's I mean it's it really is just wall to wall CGI. It's just tons. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I'm sure like they didn't have most of that stuff uh, in camera at all. Yeah. So yeah, I mean if you haven't seen it, obviously uh, I don't know if you're gonna get to it by now. <laughs> I'm the last person on the planet to watch this movie, but it was fun. It got me teed up for Black Panther happening eventually. Yes. Eventually, guys, get off my back. You can get it if you really want, but you must try, try and try, try and try. You'll succeed at last. Okay, the harder they come, we mentioned all the people involved last week, but yeah, main main people you need to know: Jimmy Cliff plays Ivan, Janet Bartley plays Elsa. There's a preacher. There's a, uh, a drug dealer. And there's a music producer named Hilton. Uh, I, those are kind of big players, but we'll talk about some of the other folks as well. Mm-hmm. Synopsis from IMDb. Wishing to become a successful reggae singer, a young Jamaican man finds himself tied to corrupt record producers and drug pushers. Uh, fair enough. That's kind of s- slim on, on what the movie's mostly about, I think. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned last time this thing has been on your radar for a long time, since the days of DVDs. <laughs> 
And uh, here we are now, 2018. You finally watched it. What did you think, Craig Moorhead? The harder well, first of all, first of all, I think it's infinitely more intelligent than Last Tango in Paris. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Yeah, well, yeah. I think that's uh, kind yeah, of what obviously. anyone walks away from it with. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know how you wouldn't come to that conclusion if right. you saw this movie. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, no. I mean, um, I mean, I, I had a great time with it. Uh, mm-hmm. it is, it's one of those movies where like, I don't know, you, you almost can't tell if it's like, there's a percentage of like, I don't know what I'm doing that mm-hmm. adds to everything. And yes. then, and then there's also so much really, really nice ability and honestly like storytelling that is completely surprising through the whole thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that all kind of almost gives it like a, it would have a very, um, documentary type feel except that there are parts of it that seem so artificial yep uh and all that being said i mean it's uh i don't know i i had a i had a ball watching it i thought it was fantastic what do you think well i can tell you this Mm. as sure as the sun will shine Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get every bit of what's mine that is that's a really it doesn't really Tell me how you felt about the movie. <laughs> well, well, I, you know, we're sitting here. It's been almost a week since I've watched this. Uh, I, A, have had that title song stuck in my head on oh, a yeah, nonstop totally. loop. Uh, definitely, I understand why the soundtrack is, uh, has its place in pop culture history that it, it does, even yeah. though, once again, I had never heard of it. And I still don't know many of the parties involved. But, yeah, there's some good stuff, and it really does add to the feel of this movie and yeah. sort of the, just the general sort of cultural landscape that you're placed in. And to me, that's the biggest takeaway of this movie. I found myself thinking of uh, Costa Rica's uh, The Time of Gypsies that we watched last yeah. season, you know, in that this is one of those movies where they just put you in a world that most people are not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And, there never is a moment that feels inauthentic to that world. True. Maybe if you live there, yeah, you might have a different POV on that, but I don't, it sounds like the people generally loved it from Jamaica at the time that it was released. So, yeah, it, it's just, it's an experience. And I, I think like what you're talking about is absolutely true. There's times where this feels just like amateurish a little bit. Mm-hmm or inconsistent in the, in the sort of like the film style that that's being used. And yet right. by the end of it, that kind of, <laughs> it all adds up to just being what the movie is, you know? I mean, yeah, well, there's, it's almost like there's not, there's not total control exercised over it. Right. And that helps. Like it's Absolutely. not something where it feels like everything is like figured out down to the last detail, but, yeah. but and that I'm, being said, there's tons of detail like everywhere. Yeah, so there's so much to it, and there, there's yeah. a lot going on story-wise even, but yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, there's times where they're walking through crowds where I'm just waiting for some of the extras to look straight into the camera. <laughs> Cause I, I, sure. and maybe they did. I mean, it, it felt like it came close. <laughs> yeah. I didn't care. I was, like, kind of happy about it, you know? Yeah. Um, And, you know, even knowing that, like, Jimmy Cliff is, you know, he's not an actor first, no, and the, the, you know, this is the first movie produced in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, maybe you forgive some of that, but I don't 
I don't think it would have mattered if it was the 10th movie that came out of Jamaica. I mean, I think it's still yeah. a, an enjoyable ride. Uh, sure. My biggest criticism of this movie, and I feel like it, this could just be a byproduct of having seen so much other things that are sort of within this template. By the end of it, I, I kind of wished, I don't know, kind of wanted in my head to see this magical version where he doesn't necessarily go down the road of crime mm-hmm. and somehow sticks more centralized to the music career um, or just right. finding another way to push that not necessarily succeeding I'm not talking about like I need to see him rise to global fame that would feel so false I think in this environment Sure, but I'm not sure about how Ivan feels or why he sort of got as trigger happy as he did by the end of this thing. Right. Uh, I'm certainly, and you know, we, we debated this a little bit with the legend of Billie Jean and clearly you think I'm wrong and that's okay. Maybe I am. I don't quite understand why the people were so (laughs) enraptured by this story that he's like a folk outlaw hero mm-hmm. when it kind of just like from a distance like well he he's kind of just seems like a murderer at this point you know i don't know right. what we're celebrating <laughs> just, just here around shooting people yeah yeah um but we'll get to that when we're talking plot a little bit uh but it did not it did not take away from my enjoyment of the movie i think it's a really interesting flick and it's a good yeah it's a good main performance and again for me it's it's about being there it's about being placed there and really, I don't think if there was one, maybe I missed it. I don't think there's another white person in this entire movie. Um, I don't know. I That's don't remember seeing yeah, one. I don't think so. And I don't care. I mean, none of that matters neither here nor there. Yeah. But, you know, it. That's it, it's frankly unusual for an English language movie, period. You know, yeah. especially in 72. Um, especially for like this type of thing. And it's not, this isn't like black exploitation exactly. It's something different. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I just thought it was really cool. It was really cool. It's a cool, I mean, like that's a, feels like a proper word to use to describe this movie. It's a yeah. cool movie. It's about a guy who's like trying to be cool, you know, right. in some ways. Absolutely. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. I, I think thematically, and we can sort of just like tie this into the way this movie starts. Uh, it was kind of interesting. I mean, I, I, it's pretty easy to follow, I think, in that there's a lot of kind of, country mouse city mouse aspects to this mm-hmm. and the haves and the have nots and you know i think that's to be expected from any place where you're seeing a lot of people who live in poverty mm-hmm. um and there's certainly a group of people that we see who don't and i don't know i i, I liked that aspect i mean to me it's like an easy way to come into a story especially as an outsider when your main character is an outsider too now, what did you think of this movie when it in the very opening? Because if I'm not mistaken, you know, we'd sort of open on a bus. And mm-hmm. it's one of those awesome nineteen like fifties, sixties looking buses, red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. And it's traveling, dirt roads coming into the city. Damn near runs head on into a, like a truck of some kind on like a one lane bridge. 
which I thought, holy cow, if there's going to be an accident in, the, in this, like the first minute of this movie, that's going to be really, <laughs> really something here. Yeah. Because again, like the, the music, uh, I don't remember what song they used in the opening, but it was definitely of, you know, a, a reggae vibe, or at least what I would describe as an uncultured idiot um, to that genre. But well, it, ha- it had the uh, feeling of like a, think... a, like a road comedy a little bit to me in the opening. <laughs> You know, well, I I could be wrong, but I think it was that try and try song, right? If you try and try, you'll succeed at last. Yeah, you can get it if you that, really want. Yeah, there was. Yeah, a, yeah. Okay. I think that's what it was. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but okay. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like it feels kind of it's kind of jaunty. It's kind of like yeah, all right, we're in for yeah. some bright times ahead. I thought this is going to be like the record scratch moment, and there's going to be this terrible bus accident, and all these people will die. Everyone dies. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that movie. It's not that movie at all. Thankfully, I think. Um, but uh, he's thrust into the city, and I'm an idiot and didn't look up to see exactly what city he was in. I don't remember, but uh, one of these cities in Jamaica, <laughs> if you will. And yeah, we see Ivan. He's basically fresh off the bus, and walking around and you know like not exactly like battles without honor and humanity at all but we're sort of thrown into an environment where there's a lot of faces and there's a lot of noise and there's people talking across the street from one another and sort of people everywhere and this guy's kind of wandering through the crowd he finds a guy who's pushing a cart selling something i don't even remember but um you know he immediately identifies Ivan as being from the country, right? And I think he's yeah. picking on him a little bit. And uh, I don't remember the exact thing that led to this line, but I did write down the line. He says, he says, if you have money, you go anywhere. If you don't have money, you fart, you stay at home, which <laughs> was in uh-huh. subtitles, which was the only way I could understand that. But yeah, it's not every day, Craig, where we watch a movie that even mentions the word fart at all, let alone the first like five minutes. And this one, you get it right up front. So you know I was doing like internal cartwheels at that point. Oh, right? yeah. And there was something to do with a guy across the street who this man mm-hmm. pushing the car is like, that guy owes me money. Go over there and see if you can get it from him, blah, 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 and I'll help you or whatever. And he holds on to Ivan's belongings, I think, which were meager to begin with. And Ivan goes across the street and is asking this guy for money. And the guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Ivan quickly realizes he's been swindled. The guy with the cart takes off with all his stuff. Unless I viewed that incorrectly, right? That's how I took it. Yep, classic, classic country mouse mistake. When you're stepping into the city, hang on to your crap. Hang on to your crap. Yep. He goes to see a woman who I did not immediately realize was his mother. But he tells her that grandma has died. And she sobs very loudly for uh, about 10 seconds. And then she asks about the money. <laughs> and uh, that was kind of interesting. And yet, I don't know. I, I think maybe I just uh, was a little harsh on that. I don't know. Well, that was it was a bit, you know, um, the ca- casting did not do any heavy lifting there. No, I, that's I true. didn't understand yeah. their, their dynamic at all either until mm-hmm. like a good couple minutes in. Like he's saying, grandma died, mm-hmm. and then I was thinking, well, is that his sister then? And then no, it's his mom. Like yeah, it took a, a took kind of a little to while to figure out what's going on, and then and then yeah, yeah, the, there's a little bit of crying, 
Um, he didn't seem too broken up about it. But uh, yeah, well, and I love that he said something about it. Like, what about the money? He's like, well, she wanted a big funeral. So it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty God cool. forbid, like, yeah, the, the woman with the money, like, you know, plan for these things got to do with it, what she wants. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm still a little unclear whether grandma owned the farm or just worked on the farm or he it had or she had nothing to do with the farm, but he worked on a mango farm, correct? I guess so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. And that there was, uh, there was something about the season was bad. Yeah. He said something about the season was bad. So he left a farm. He's come to the city. He wants to stay. The mom doesn't really think he should. He wants to stay and make a record. I think he mentions very early on. He's a, a singer of some kind. And, uh, I think she's basically like, okay, but you got to look for work and you got to get a job, et cetera. And then if I'm not mistaken, that's the last time we see her, right? Yeah. I don't think we ever saw her again. I don't remember him making any mention of her whatsoever again. And I think that doesn't bother me a, because I was still confused by, by the, like our way into that scene, but B it uh, it's it feels like it's germane to sort of his trajectory that he takes throughout the rest of the movie. It's like yeah, right. he's you know slowly sort of graduating to becoming this other persona, certainly different than who he was on a mango farm. And so yeah, you 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 don't go back and and see mom, I guess, when you become this person. Yeah, uh, I buy that. But he he's. One of the things I liked about this movie too is like how casually strangers approach one another, you know, in this <laughs> landscape. Yeah. And, you know, that's not who I am necessarily. <laughs> but maybe I, I wish I was, perhaps. But it's probably also just a cultural thing. But, you know, very quickly he's kind of leaving the mother's nest and finding these dudes who are like playing dominoes. Yeah. And there's talk about, the movie theater and the Rialto. And before you know it, like he's watching the movie Django, which we mentioned last time, Spaghetti Western, uh, with the group of these things. And I, I kind of loved that scene, Greg. Yeah. A, like, there's not a soul in that theater who's being quiet whatsoever. No. <laughs> They're laughing. I mean, it's like a party in there. They're just laughing their asses off, you know, as, and, and it's like a pending, it's like a showdown that's getting ready to happen between Django and like these outlaws wearing these red creepy masks over their head and they're talking to the screen and there's some mention from one of the dudes who says you know the hero can't die till the last reel and um i i wondered if that was foreshadowing a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, sure enough it actually it, it does come back into play that that scene itself but yeah. um I liked all of that. And then even leaving that scene, you know, you get some of the handheld stuff. They're walking around. And I wasn't sure if that was in the same building or if it was like some other, like, it felt like a, like a pinball place, a pool hall. There's like a room that they're just kind of walking past where there's a dude just asleep on a table in there. <laughs> and yeah. there's guys playing cards and stuff. And I don't know, man. Like, to me, like, I think that's the kind of crap I'm going to remember about this movie along with that theme song um it's just those moments where i mean that's that's one of those moments where you literally are just like you're one of the gang you're walking into these rooms and you know it couldn't be more sort of documentary-esque um yeah. than you could imagine and uh 
I loved all that stuff. I mean, it's just it's scene, it's flavor, it's setting. You know, it's 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 everything mm-hmm. more so than it is. And it's not to say it's not staged well or anything like that, but it does. It just has a feeling like, well, they just walked into this room with a camera and these people, and most yeah. of them are not actors. Um, yeah. At that point, well, I- did you sort of know because? Let me, well, let me ask you this. I, I think the yeah. guy that he went to the movies with is Pedro, correct? Or is that yes. Jose? Okay, that's Pedro. Uh, Pedro is the Domino's guy, right? Pedro's the Domino's guy. He wears sunglasses yeah. a lot, right? Yeah. You very early on into that Domino scene kind of get the sense that this is sort of, a, I wouldn't say a bad dude, but a dude of, of prominence, you know, like a neighborhood mm-hmm. guy. Maybe it is up to some illegal stuff. Did you have like you know because we talked about like sort of the real story of Ivanhoe Martin? I mean, are you thinking when you're watching the movie at this point that okay, this is sort of like our crime element, and we're going to get into the, some of that here and now, or are you thinking, well, when is he going to have a reggae career, or sort of like where are you at as far as what the plot is telling us in that first act at that point? Yeah, it was interesting, you know, when he when he came out of his mom's place and he's talking to the to, to Pedro. Uh, at that point, I didn't really think anything of it. I thought they were just guys playing dominoes. You know, it, it seemed pretty harmless. Yeah, I think uh, Pedro says something along the lines of uh, "There's too much action around town to play with people who don't pay," uh-huh. or something like that. And yeah. like that's when I started thinking, oh, like maybe these guys are kind of in that criminal element. We know that uh, Ivan is has has certainly been a criminal mm-hmm. uh you know his mom doesn't want him to go back to that so yeah i mean and, and i can't even say that i necessarily thought about the fact that he wanted to be a musician at that point yeah and it I, it's a small very possible moment yeah yeah like i, I don't I, I don't even think about him like at that point all i'm thinking about is he wants to make money so he can live mm-hmm. his mom doesn't think he can survive in this city in town like he needs to move back out to the country (laughs) which honestly to me sounds much harder than living in the city i I don't know why (laughs) but uh but yeah i mean i feel like um yeah at that point all i'm thinking is he wants to try and find a job Mm -hmm. um so it's interesting he comes out and and asks about the rialto his mom gave him the info for the preacher i think okay right something like that and and so i thought he's gonna ask about finding that job but then he comes out and they're talking about the rialto so they go there yeah it's, um, it's because and yeah. and but there is a very sort of lengthy montage of him trying to find work i yeah. think you know i'm supposed to believe this is probably the following day or next couple of days yeah uh, but it is they do not you know it is kind of interesting that he meets pedro before doing that you know Whereas, like, yeah. I could see, like, there's a version where you could just, okay, yeah, mom tells you to go get a job. You see him trying to get a job and failing. And then, yeah. oh, okay, here's this guy that you're going to meet that is going to offer you something else. Um, right. Not, and, yeah, it doesn't happen in that moment. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. Yeah, so, you know, so so he meets, yeah, he meets Pedro, who seems nice enough. I mean, everyone, he's very helpful, sure. honestly. Yeah. I mean. So, and then, and it's interesting that, yeah, he meets him. And the first thing they do is they go watch this movie. And in the movie, yeah, you've got these guys in red masks coming toward the hero. The hero pops up with a Gatling gun and just starts mowing Blows everyone away, down. Yeah. And everyone in the audience thinks that is the most hilarious thing they've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, they loved it. And it goes from them <clears throat> laughing at this mass death, cuts to the word fun. 
like <laughs> oh did it like just filling the screen fun oh, i forgot and about yeah, that. I, yeah i just remember like when that all happened together i was like yeah that's i, I basically what you're thinking i'm like that's got to be foreshadowing <laughs> like right that's yep. definitely uh-huh. like you know so it's, it's interesting though that that happened you know pedro took him there mm-hmm. and uh you know that's kind of where he'll go back to at some point it's all the movie's fault, basically, is what this... this basically, yeah. Like. I mean, movies cause people to do bad things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he does. I mean, like, in, in the sequence where he's trying to find work, um, and that, that's a really interesting sequence. You get, I think, our introduction to Mr. Hilton, who's the record producer, um, and that's Bob Charlton, who I think you said was in Detroit 9000. Mm-hmm. He does look really familiar to me. I will say yeah. that much. I don't remember who he was in Detroit 9000, but he does look familiar. He's got a really unique voice that's not quite, he's not quite doing the Jamaican patois. It's something a little different. But, um, you know, he is sort of your uh, convertible Mercedes driving mm-hmm. uh, guy that definitely doesn't seem like he should be trusted, even though, right. yeah, he, he's successful. People are in a weird way. He's kind of he kind of comes off like a, a criminal boss himself, and he in does, ways he, yeah. he kind of is, although he's not really he's legit involved in like illegal things outside of like maybe cheating mususicians. Right. But yeah. But uh, he has such prominence that people mm-hmm. basically wait outside the parking lot to try and audition to him in person beside his car. And uh, I thought that was really interesting because there was like a group of guys that he's like, all right, just sing something. And they start yeah. singing, sure enough, acapella. And uh, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. I think uh, if I had been him, I probably would have said, yeah, yeah, that's enough. You're like, it's not going to happen. I'm driving off. Um, but yeah, then we, then we see Ivan trying to find work um, mm-hmm. in earnest. And he goes from here and there, every line, construction job that he can line up for. And... I, don't, I noticed there's like everybody in this area was wearing yellow. Like they all had yellow shirts on here and mm-hmm. there. I don't know if that was intentional or not. Uh, if just yellow was popular in 1972. There's a lot of yellow in this movie, which I just noticed. Um, yeah. Walks up to a woman's house, just kind of randomly walks up to her porch, asks her for work. She doesn't have any. Ask her for 10 cents then. She's not giving it, told to leave, lock the gate behind him. Um, she's upset that he got in, which I guess would be understandable. Yeah. But uh, he then almost gets his hand cut off, trying to steal fruit from a market, which, you know, there's some symmetry there between being a a mango farmer to being so poor in the city that you're forced to steal fruit that you used to grow and almost getting your hand cut off by a very angry woman and a machete. Um, And I think from there, that does lead us to the preacher and the church. And he's kind of mm-hmm. watching out from outside through the blinds. And those church scenes are really interesting because those two, I think, feel stylistically like a documentary. I mean, you get some extended sequences where the choir is singing. And it's it's for mm-hmm. purpose because that is our introduction to the Elsa character, played sure. by Janet Bartley, um, who... Let's talk about her relationship to the preacher then, because we sort of discovered this a little bit after, but she's, is she or is she not technically his daughter? See, that's the thing. Yeah. I I think she was only his ward 
Okay, I, I think, think that. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, for for a for a few scenes, I was I was thinking that was his daughter. Yes. And then and then the conversations that were being had started to become more and more disgusting to me. <laughs> And so I yeah. kind of went back and was like, oh, okay, not necessarily actually her daughter. Okay, I, I wanted yeah. just to be clear on that because I, I kind of had the same sort of line of thought. I was like, wow, this is this is an unlikable character, this preacher here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, there is another gentleman who works for the preacher, and I don't remember his name. Was it Longa? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, yes. Oh, man. I saw it. What, uh, what is it? Longa, 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 yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. played by Elijah Chambers, mm-hmm. very big gentleman who I think does sort of like handyman work for the preacher, and yeah. then Ivan, although we don't see the sort of initial discussion that leads to the arrangement, but he he starts working for the preacher as well, and we can tell he's got his eyes on Elsa, and the big guy warns him not to do that, and he I love he's he's got all these metaphors, he's like don't mind how you play in preacher's garden. And then, like he just yeah. plays out that whole metaphor, like a, he's kind of all figured out. But <laughs> but but the end of it is that he's kind of got his own eyes on the preacher's uh, ward as well, Nelsa, for himself, yeah. and that's a bit of a rub. But uh, then the next time we see the church choir singing, who's there behind Elsa? Ivan, Jimmy Cliff's oh, yeah. right there, <laughs> and smiling and singing away. And they're kind of making eyes at one another, and the preacher sees this, and he does not like it, obviously. But it, I think it was even within the same scene, like that, in most movies, okay, well, that's where you end your church scene, right? right. No, then we get another preacher who comes in. This, I love this guy. I don't know who he was exactly, but the guy that like slapped the podium, the pulpit podium, after yeah. every line, so good. Love that. He seemed like the real deal. It, that is an active church, man. They they are not messing mm-hmm. around there. It's it's full audience participation. People are getting possessed with the Holy Spirit, passing out, oh, dancing boy. like maniacs. Um, and then we sort of get what I think, if my memory serves, is really the only sort of internal moment where we see extreme close up on Elsa's eyes. She's sweating. And this church music is going strong, and people are really getting into it. And we cut to what I, what I think we're to presume is her imagination, and she's topless in the ocean making out oh, with yeah. Ivan. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know if you want to call that a vision or just a daydream, but uh, I was like, whoa, that's that's a really cool moment. And I, I loved how it was it shot. Was. Like It just looked really cool, and it came out of nowhere. I, I was not anticipating yeah. getting her POV, period, and that that is what it would be. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I felt like it was it was handled in a way <laughs> where it wasn't just, you know, and maybe you know, correct me if I'm being wrong, like it didn't feel just like, oh, of course, like this is a dude directing this and writing it. That's, you know, that's he's going to think that Elsa's topless and that's what she's thinking about. I don't know. Like I felt right. like it wasn't, like it didn't come across to me that way. Am I wrong? Uh, No, it didn't come across that way to me. I, I feel okay. like... um. Uh, a part of the reason it doesn't for me is because that scene seems so, um, it seems very specific. Here's the thing. Yeah. We all, we all at some point fantasize about being with another person, especially in another church, right? specific person. Well, yeah. I mean, what, what else do you do in there? <laughs> but 
I'm not sure that ever my mind has automatically gone to we are waist deep in water mm-hmm. <laughs> making out. So there's something about that that I like. Yeah, well, we don't like, live on an island nation, Craig. So, of course. That, like, that's very yeah. true. There's, there's only so much room yes. on the land that you can actually do somebody. Yeah. But um, no, but I, like, I, I just feel like in a lesser movie and maybe even a, in a movie with I don't know, a larger budget, you'd have like this room filled with candles and they'd be on a bed and like, I don't know. There's yeah. something to me about the fact that she's in the water. And plus the whole time they're they're they, You see the sign behind them the whole time about welcome. Like, are you ready to be baptized? So there's right. kind of a baptismal type thing. Oh, I didn't even think all, of that. All her like, done. thank yeah. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't make the movie, but thank you. <laughs> and uh, no, but, but it feels like, yeah, like her, like re- her religious aspect and her just like natural, like yearnings for, for, uh, you know, some man flesh. I sure. guess that's, that's all. The only thing that would pop in mind there. But uh, yeah, like, I guess that's what it is. Like, I, I believed it was coming directly from her character. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, I thought it was great. And it was followed up then by some other just kind of more innocent stuff where, you know, Ivan's been working on this old bicycle frame that he found that literally had no wheels or anything on it. And he, so he fixed yeah. up this bicycle. And then we sort of get just kind of a nice little shot of the two of them riding this bicycle. And she's on it side saddle nobody's topless um mm. it's just, I, I think it was like a you know like magic hour shot almost it it i don't even think it was completely in focus but i was like this is just a great this is a great shot um yeah and then not long after this we sort of get our real introduction of the music element to this story and i don't know i didn't clock it but it, it felt like you know we're probably on the plus side of 20 minutes at this point in the movie, I think at mm-hmm. least. Um, but Ivan is sent down to Mr. Hilton's studio by the preacher. And mm-hmm. uh, in fact, I think the preacher was mad at Ivan because he was supposed to do this already, but he was supposed to take some records down to the studio. And Craig, yeah. do you understand why those records were supposed to be down to the studio where they were. I don't know. There was okay. a lot of talk about, we, we've got to get the records for the rally. We're yeah. not going to have any records at the rally. And the whole time I'm thinking, what records, what rally? And what know. does and Mr. I don't Hilton yeah. have to do with that? Yeah. Exactly. If they're records already, what is he going to do? Um, maybe he's duplicating them. I have no idea. Could be. I mean, but, we do find yeah, out was, later uh, that, uh, that Mr. Hilton has a ton of influence on what the, the DJs play. Uh, mm-hmm. on the local radio stations but th- it was unclear to me it felt a little bit like uh you know it's screenwriting it's giving ivan a reason to get inside of that studio where he couldn't get through the gate beforehand um right and here again we get another moment not unlike those church scenes although it's a different kind of church if you will where mm-hmm. ivan walks into the studio and they're in the middle of recording uh, a session from this other band mm-hmm. and uh i don't know i don't remember who it was or, or what the song was but you just kind of sit and watch this very live performance happen for about mm-hmm. five minutes or so i mean you're getting a different angle so it's not just like a one shot but uh there's dudes watching from the other side of the glass who are just jamming out and uh it I have a question about felt that. totally authentic to me. I don't know. What's your question? Yeah. Oh, it definitely felt like an authentic room of this stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, my question is this: 
you, you say on the other side of the glass, in my, uh, in my memory, there was no glass. It seemed like there, there was, no... was a, a room <laughs> really? of a thousand people okay. and just like five of them are singing into microphones. I could be totally wrong. Like maybe, maybe. my perspective was yeah, just wrong. I don't know. But it just felt like like the w- weirdest way you would. <laughs> let's let's get as many people in this recording studio as possible, and now let's okay. Record. Maybe yeah, like, great. Maybe I just assumed there was glass there because uh, you know it's a studio. You would want that. Yeah, that's not. how you would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now there's Mr. Hilton running the show, and then I think he's got like an mm-hmm. engineer with him. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just I just love like. Those, watching those performances of the song were, were great. I thought, oh yeah, it was just uh, it was good stuff. Yeah, Ivan, of course, delivers the records and he tells Hilton that he's got a song and he can sing. Blah 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 blah. I don't remember. Did he did he sing any of it then to him? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think he just pestered him. Okay, yeah. yes, but he thinks he has an end now, and maybe he does. And this then leads to Ivan. Asking Elsa uh, to give him the keys to the preacher's church so he can practice his song. Mm-hmm. I don't think we see exactly all that, but he comes to her and tells him, "Like I'm gonna go down to the studio tomorrow. I gotta sing, you know." Um, yeah. And so she does this, and he's in there singing with a guy playing guitar, and that's her sort of first introduction to the title song, and. I I also like how they handled this because I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, well, he doesn't he doesn't sound that great. Like, <laughs> so, like yeah. I'm still not convinced. Like, is, is this gonna work? Like, how the hell is he gonna be like a real singer? Like, <laughs> this is not that great. Just in this room. Um, so it wasn't like you know. I feel like if there was like the American version of this, it'd be like the first time you hear him sing. It's like, whoa! Like you know, suddenly like the room stops and this amazing voice pops out of this guy. Um, yeah, not that. No, instead he's just singing along, and right. then sure enough, like the preacher comes in and finds oh, yeah. out, and he's super pissed. He then accuses Elsa of uh, giving Ivan more than just the key, if you will, mm-hmm. and she hasn't at that point, I don't think, correct? Um, and so she's extremely hurt by these accusations, and uh, he tells Ivan to get out of there, basically firing him from any of the work that he's been doing. Doesn't want him to have anything to do with Elsa. Ivan just wants to get his bicycle that he's worked on. And uh, that then becomes a problem with the Longa character, correct? Oh, yeah. And then that leads to a knife fight. And yeah. uh, a pretty intense one. Although I it did. It really is. I did write down these dudes are ready to die over a bicycle. But it's oh, yeah. more than that, Craig. It's probably. Bicycle, seated thing. Yeah, the bicycle is just a metaphor for Elsa's heart, perhaps. No, but uh, well, I, I I'd like to point out before that knife fight begins. I just like the fact that I, I like like some of the tough talk between these guys. Yeah, which is like much of the movie, just very laid back, mm-hmm. but it is the tough talk, and 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 Ivan says to him at one point, "Don't joke with your life, Longa." Yeah. Like that that's him saying I've had enough. Right. Don't, don't joke with your life, Longa. Like that. And the next thing you know, yeah, they're going at each other with like knives. Well it was intense. Right, it is. Like I didn't quite expect it to go that, but Longa is like Mm-mm. such an unlikable guy, like from the very yeah. early on that that he's a big you, dude too. You can un- yeah, he's a big dude. You can understand why 
Jimmy gets to that, but man, like he gets, he's like slicing his face multiple yeah. times saying, yeah. don't fuck with me. And the right. blood, describe the blood, Craig. The blood is sort of a cherry red. Is that maybe? It looked Not a quite little metallic, but... orangish on mine. But but oh uh, oh well yes. I mean, but yeah, it's a, it's a nice, it's a very bright uh, color, yes. vivid, kind of paint esque. Looks a lot paint esque. Like, looks a lot. Like a lot paint. of seventies blood was. Yes. Yeah, I know. I was thinking like oh, that's their ode to the spaghetti westerns, maybe. Yeah. Um, but the movie then, I don't know, like I'm trying to remember, I don't think we see him get caught at that point, do we? Um, uh, well, he must get caught pretty quickly after. Oh, it's very but quickly I think he after. Does, I think he does run, but yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the next thing we know, he's being bent over a barrel in prison yeah. and caned on the bare ass multiple times. And, uh, and peeing himself, he, I think, right? Yes, loses control of his bladder into the barrel. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a pretty visceral shot and a pretty visceral hard left turn, I think, tone-wise a bit to the mm-hmm. movie that happens before it. And yet, I don't feel like it... Like, I don't feel like the movie kept that tone then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of, as soon as he's out, I'm still like, oh yeah, like let's just get back to normal, <laughs> like kind yeah. of just back to where we were here, you know. Um, I do think it's 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 an effective setup for like a major life thing change. that happens a little bit later. Yeah, for like, sure. I mean, it hard. You know what I mean? Him. Yeah. Yeah, like like I feel like if that if, if that had not been played out the way it was played out, yeah, I would have been less likely to believe yes. later events. Right. But yeah, but I mean, totally. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you do have. It's interesting. The, the the movie does seem to really have kind of a this laid back vibe, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know is maybe just a Jamaican vibe in a way. I don't know, but it also feels like there's always this undercurrent of like tension and and insecurity. Oh, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. And a lot of that has to do with you know what we've seen earlier, where you got a guy walking around, there's no work to be found. And yeah. walking up, he goes to the dump at one point during that. Oh yeah, you're people absolutely are just right. Searching through a dump, yeah. and he's just like, yeah. like yeah, can't believe like he's at this point. Yeah. Yes, but that then, if I'm not mistaken, I think we do cut out of that. Um, I could be wrong. There was a moment where we, I think we cut from something like that to him basically hugging, you know, up against Elsa's bare chest. You know, yeah. quiet and she's consoling him I, I think it was after that but at any rate like yeah this does lead him to then record his song and uh yeah. we see him in, in hilton studio sure enough and he's got a full band and then i was like oh well well damn he can sing like this is all great and yeah. uh you know the song while you know to me, like I still like I I hear that sort of groove and like I don't think of it as being anything dark necessarily, right. and yet the lyrics are you know he's he's talking exactly about what he's been going through you know, the harder yeah. they come the harder they fall one and all um, and so I don't know I just I I thought that whole sequence was just I was kind of just magical watching him sing that damn song I don't know yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I, I loved it um. But then, and and this is where, you know, all this stuff was just 
really interesting to me is like, um, okay, he cuts a song, and Hilton wants him to sign a contract, and he's gonna pay him a right. grand total of twenty dollars for the song, um, mm-hmm. and Ivan won't sign that, which is great. He stands up yeah. for himself, and like I'm glad he didn't because I, I feel like okay, but here we go. He's gonna sign away his life, and we've seen this before. Instead, he tries yeah. to peddle it himself, and he goes to all these DJs, and nobody will do business with him because they don't want to upset Hilton. Hilton's the guy that gives them the records and tells them what to play, and that's what they do. And they, it's a it's a nice arrangement that they have. Um, but that's that's not gonna happen to you, Ivan, if you didn't sign that contract. Now. You, Craig, help me out a little bit then mm. with how okay. this transitions to him working then with Pedro. And mm-hmm. they've set this up a little bit because we do kind of cut away to a detective who I think is played by mm-hmm. Winston Stona. And it does feel disconnected to me from the rest of the movie mm-hmm. when they first do that. But what we find out is that the army is raiding like marijuana farms, basically. And right. uh, some of this is happening with the sort of oversee of, or not necessarily coordination with the police office because the police office, they have informers, but one of the informers' wives got shot by the army during these raids. And so right. the police are, you know, this detective is just like, I need to know about this so I don't lose my informers. And like, you're fucking up the whole system that we have here. I'm still not entirely positive whether that detective is on the level. Um, right. Certainly not on the level of, of what the Army's doing. But, no. um, so, yeah. Ivan then is going to get mixed up in all of that. Um, and part of that is coming. <laughs> what, I, what I loved, like, again, like, my wishes of, like, just sticking to the, to the music thing a little bit was that he he did sort of have this sense that well, he'd made it now. He made a record. He cut his record. It's only right. a matter of time now. The, the DJs play it, and everything will take off for him. And God, that feels familiar to me. Like every time I finish writing the end of a of any screenplay, it's like, sure, oh, yes. this, this is the one. Yeah, I'll hand it in now, yeah. and the next thing you know, boom. But uh, <laughs> that uh, doesn't. It's not necessarily the case, and um, no. it's, it's creating a bit of a rift with with him and Elsa, who are living together at this point, and she's losing patience, and uh, you know he's mm-hmm. accusing her of being a bigger dreamer dreamer than he is because she's putting all her faith in God, and um, you know he he's yeah. out there trying to hustle it. Um, and man, there's a lot there's a lot about that. I mean, in, yeah. in his song, yeah. "High in the Sky," it opens up like he's. It's interesting that they're the kind of representing both sides of that, mm-hmm. like putting your faith in God and like that's also that's just a waste of time. Yeah. Like what's the point of putting your faith in somebody you can't see? Interesting right. stuff. And I I think he's at a bar, right? Mhm. They're playing the song. Asking people what they think. Pedro's there. They're talking about buying the drinks. Um he says something about uh, he'll work up something for Ivan. And then we mm-hmm. cut to a field of weed. <laughs> it's just like marijuana oh, plants. Yeah. And then Ivan's riding on a motorcycle with Pedro, right? Or is he, is this? Yeah, I, 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 think, we, I think we misinformed the listeners earlier. The guy playing dominoes is Jose. Okay, dang it. The guy with the amazing dreads is Pedro. Okay. Just forget yeah. everything but, you've but, heard up to this point. 
Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> B- big twist, guys. <laughs> we fucked up. Yes. No, but uh, but that being said, the further we go on with having Pedro in there, the more confused I got, honestly. Okay, yeah. But, I mean, because I-, I was confused about that before anyway. Like, I was thinking it was... He was Jose uh-huh. and Domino's was Pedro. So anyway. Okay. Yeah. No, but yes. So it's Jose. He's on the bike with. Okay. And I'm not entirely sure what the deal is, although it feels mm-hmm. like Ivan has now signed up to basically be a drug trafficker of sorts. You know, yeah. he's taking weed from the fields. I don't think we see him sell it per se, do we? Or is he just delivering it to Yeah. The distributors? Yeah, I don't think we ever actually saw him. Yeah. I don't think we ever actually saw him sell it. Did we did we see him? Was he the one who loaded it on a plane? He did load it on a plane. I'm glad you said that. Okay. I forgot about that. So we yeah. saw that. Yep, right. we saw okay. that. So I, I I think he's yeah, he's sort of like transpo. <laughs> basically. Yeah. He he takes yeah. it from one place to another but he's not out on the street hustling it. Um, there's a moment where a guy who's like smoking this crazy wooden pipe bong of sorts. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. And that was a cool scene. I just liked how they shot that scene. It's mostly dark. Um, yeah. But he offers to sell Ivan a pair of pistols. And he's yep. tempted, and he asks uh, the Pedro character for advice. And Pedro says, are you, are you planning to kill someone? No. Well, then leave it, man. Leave it. Um, yeah. I thought that was just like a good good advice in general regarding guns. Yeah. <laughs> um, Indeed. Yeah. Uh, but I don't quite remember. God, there there becomes a rift between Ivan and Jose, right? Because I, Jose mm-hmm. calls the cops on Ivan. I think it all stems from the fact that uh, Ivan reads in the paper that a plane was intercepted. Mm-hmm. in florida i guess yep and like and, and in the paper it says you know here's how much the street value of the pot was and that's when Ava, ivan is like whoa like that's gotcha. how much like why am i getting this little tiny bit of money right. so i think that's the thing like he goes to jose talking about we should do this ourselves mm-hmm. do it direct or something like that we get make more money and jose you know is being jose like being the guy he is in the organization is kind of like well we kind of can't have this person. They're going to mess everything up. Right. You know, like he's going to be the one who like, just what are we going to do? Like fight all the, all of organized crime. Like what, what are we going yeah, to do? Exactly. It is so yeah, but, but Ivan, of course, like, yeah, he's dead set on doing it. Well, and we've never, you never get like a real sense that Ivan means anything to Jose at all. Like, I mean, there's oh, no, yeah, no, like he doesn't care about this guy. It's not like they're real good. Jose just friends. needs him. Right. Cause yeah. that, the Pedro's wife was killed or something, right? Yeah. Um, so that's it. Yeah, and Pedro's got that poor kid that's sick all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, little boy. But, um, yeah, so he calls the cops on Ivan, and then when Ivan um, is riding the motorcycle back from, I guess, like doing one of his deliveries, or he's in the process of making one of the delivery, the cop tries to pull him over, and Ivan shoots the guy. Um, and then you sort of get like this weird, crazy POV camera shot of, you know, the, the motorcycle cop and flipping all over around and, and everything. And, uh, that's kind of, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was kind of nuts. Um, I guess 
I don't know. I, I struggle between feeling like that it was still a surprise <laughs> to me mm-hmm. that he would do yeah. that. And yet, certainly there's evidence, you know, and there's no lack of foreshadowing that he was going to be capable of doing something like that. Um, and he did have his ass caned over a barrel. Yeah. So we know he, like, he yeah, doesn't want to go back to prison. He flashes back to that, and he's like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Yeah, there's no way that's That was happening. humiliating. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things that happen after this that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, we get a shot where, where Ivan is having sex with somebody who I was like, wait, that's not Elsa. Who was that? I, I still was not sure until a little bit later. Um, but the cops surround this place, and that did make me think of Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Um, and the one character... Yeah. It, Fortunately, Ivan does not hide under a quilt where three other children are sleeping and blow <laughs> and, and mm. fire at the cops. But there's a shootout of sorts and he gets away. Um, there's a oh, yeah. shot that I liked where the cops are. We hear them planning their response, but we see them uh, using matchbox police cars on a map, like pl- plotting it. Right. <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, like the, that. You know, that's that's one way to convey a, a, a plot point, I guess. But um. Now, here we go is in getting into sort of the legend of an outlaw here. Um, in fact, Ivan tells Elsa at one point, didn't I tell you I was going to be famous someday? And what he's referring to, of course, is the fact that, yeah, like the whole island knows that this guy is wanted now. He's killed a cop. Um, he's on the lam. And, of course, his record now is charting, right? It's becoming popular. Like people are yeah. calling in the DJs. I can't remember. Did he, did he sign the contract with with Hilton at that point? Did he ever? He did at some point, right? He had already done that. Yeah. Okay. He, he yes. went back he, and signed. Yeah. It he went back the, and got us twenty bucks, right? And and yeah. signed it. And so yeah, it's blowing up now. It's all over the radio. Um, there's a moment where I can't remember if he goes looking for him. Anyway, they they come across one another, Ivan and Jose. And you get this shootout kind of going through these little, you know, shack of yeah. homes, basically. And A, like those scenes with a reggae soundtrack, it, it still feels a little unnatural to me. Yeah. B, yeah, I, I assume you were laughing at the thought of Ivan chasing Jose, shooting at him, drawing a massive crowd of just kids yeah. and everybody. They're all following Ivan, throwing cans at Jose. Um, yeah, and that's when I was like, "Is this you know Legend of Billy Jean in Jamaica?" Uh, not, not she, she didn't kill anybody to that extent, but uh, I don't know. But, what do you make of that? Like, um, I don't know. Are we supposed to like, well, take that at face value? I mean, that, that's or? a really good point. Yeah. Like, like I actually liked that. Like that felt that felt real to me mm-hmm. in a way. Uh yeah, for some reason this entire crowd not worried at all that a bullet might strike one of them. Right. <laughs> like they just see this thing going on, they're like, Yeah, and they run after him. And I guess they do, like I, I guess they don't uh I don't know. Do they have feelings about Jose and who Jose is? I don't that I miss I don't something there? Think that we have enough information to assume that because there's nothing there's no mention to that I recall of him like taking a cut of every like local person's money to for protection or anything like that sort of like typical mobster thing where you know they're say they're doing something good for the people and yet they're really just exploiting them uh I, so i i don't know why any of these kids would ish you know wish 
Jose any ill will other than the fact that, oh, yeah, this is Ivan. We've heard about him on the radio. And it's like, yay, Ivan. If you're, yeah. if you're trying to kill this guy, well, hell, we'll, we'll join you. We'll throw cans at him. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy scene. Yeah. And does he actually, he doesn't end up gunning Jose down, does he? He does not at that point, no. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a moment after that where he, you know, basically walks through a hotel and steals a convertible. This is Ivan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then drives it out on the golf course, chasing on the birds and stuff, which I loved. That and, was amazing, uh, yeah. Then we get him posing with the hat that, I, this is in a lot of the poster images, um, yeah. and two guns. And what appears as if he's he's basically making a headshot for his criminal career, <laughs> career yeah. you know, um, threatening the photographer. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess those photos could conceivably be used with his record or he maybe he's thinking well this is gonna be like, like the cover of my album when i somehow go make an album on the lamb i don't know i was assuming that's what he wanted to be in the papers oh yeah i mean definitely you know, you know it's so, gonna be in the paper yeah so exactly and yeah it, it would probably be the his album cover at some point yeah i mean i would make it yeah. mine right um yeah and so uh there's a moment then where the cops catch up with him he gets shot i think i counted at least three times and then rides away on a bicycle which (laughs) i loved um that was great as you do and then Mm -hmm. he does he turns up again at elsa's she is sort of with pedro and pedro's son who is sick she's kind of helping out and keeping an eye on pedro's son and then all three of them kind of go on the lamb and i love that whole sequence like it to me it felt like Oh, this is like something out of Badlands when Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek are like living out in the woods and they're just getting their stuff set up. You know, they're they're playing in the water yeah. and there's like a little boat and playing on the beach and everything. And it's just night. Yeah. And there's no dialogue, really. Um, you know, the difference being that, that that in Badlands is in like the first half of the movie. And here this is in like the third act, basically. Um, so it's, yeah. it was kind of weird. It's kind of weird. But. This is sort of leading to Ivan's last stand. You know, he gets separated from the group. It's like one against ten. We get our flashbacks to the scenes of the Rialto. All those guys laughing mm-hmm. at Django. The hero dies in the last reel. And he gets shot. He gets shot many, many times. Yeah. And he falls down. And we cut to a woman in a midriff. Close on her belly, mm. dancing, turning, that's right. shaking her booty, and uh, right. playing the title song, and that's it. And uh, what could be a better way? <laughs> I mean, it did sort of bring it back to the to the music element, I guess. Um, and that scene, but it's a it's a cool way to end the movie, I thought. But uh, what do you make of of old Ivan's journey there? Um, is that the only way it could have gone down? I mean, I know obviously we talked about they're basing us on a uh, on a real person who I don't believe had a uh, a hit record at the same time he was out there killing people and trying to escape from the law. But how do those two storylines jibe with you? Well, it seems like everything is stacked against. You. Yeah, like I, I feel like that's one of the most um, uh, the the harshest things about like the life in this movie. Yeah, is like. Uh, you know, not only can you, I, I don't know, it's hard enough just to try to get a job. Right. Just to try to survive is already just feels impossible. 
and then you have these dreams and then you're like oh wow i auditioned and they're gonna they're making the record and then you find out they're gonna give you just twenty dollars <laughs> it just seems like there's nothing it just seems like there's mm. no real hope or anything right so yeah what are you you're gonna have to be a criminal and then you become a criminal now you're doing criminal absolutely 100 percent criminal things and that's not really even giving like they're cheating you you mm. know like like they're making tons of money they're not giving you anything and so it just it feels like he's just being driven crazy through the whole thing yeah um yeah i mean it's it's i, I guess it is kind of a kind of a tragedy more than anything else yeah and it, it and it's kind of but, interesting uh, too that line that he he told elsa about like i told you i was gonna be famous someday and like he does seem yeah he seems very proud of himself uh yeah. to be this guy this outlaw and that that is sort of a stark contrast to the to the guy that kind of sheepishly shows up at his mom's place uh talking about his grandma died and the, and the mango season was bad and he's got nothing else you sure. know um so that journey in all of yeah right at two hours is that's a pretty big distance for somebody to come you know and yeah. and there's those little moments along the way where they talk about oh you look like johnny too bad right now you know with your hat and your sunglasses or i don't know who johnny too bad is and that's just too like bad. A, i love that you know, it's a, you know there's some sort of like random nickname but um yeah i love that i mean it seems like his ambition was always two steps ahead of his like ability um and it's not yeah. like you know not to say that he didn't have musical ability but it's like ability to make that actually happen you know yeah um which which is interesting and and, and kind of cool um i'm actually reading the thomas wolf book look homer at angel which is uh an old old book but there was a line i read last night actually that said uh the only two things men want is to be loved and to be famous. And I don't, I don't think that's true for all of us ladies. Maybe not. But, uh, I mean, it does sort of seem to sort of fit with this guy. Um, for sure. You know, the two things in his life are, are Elsa and his, uh, his desires to, to reach the tippy top. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's like, um, are we supposed to like think that, oh, that's, that's like a Western idea or just like some sort of white idea this idea of of fame like that that it's you know that you can just have that without doing something awful um somehow well, it, we've yeah, corrupted I mean, their sort of <laughs> island yeah. as well you know it, it that is an interesting question i mean it definitely plays into like there, there's a glamorization of yeah. being a criminal but at the same time it's it, it's it's uh I don't know. It's it's definitely a story that's been told a bunch before, but it's it's definitely somebody who is who doesn't really have much of a choice. Yeah, like they they get to a point where that is the most attractive path to take, is you might as well just get a couple guns and just start blasting your way out. Because yeah, what are you gonna do? I mean, he he tries to get away. I guess I guess he's already shot a bunch of people by the time he tries to get on that ship. Yes, <laughs> but it's like yeah yeah, yeah. and, about and you that, do yeah. you like. You definitely lose sympathy for him. I mean, it's not like he only shoots like the first cop he shoots wasn't going to do anything really bad to him. I mean, he I, I don't the cop didn't pull a gun on him. He was just trying to pull him over. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, so things change very abruptly, you know, from going to rooting for this poor guy. Yeah. To watching him break bad, I guess you could say. He's an anti-hero, but that's still a damn good mm. song he sang. So uh, it is. So all, <laughs> We're all is conflicted. Forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. I do once again want to go back and mention that really 
it was Django that planted the seeds, and that is the Italians' yeah. fault. So they're the ones yeah. who are to blame. It's not really America's no, fault. No, it's not America's fault at all. Just yeah. remember, this is like we're coming on the hills of July 4th here. I want to make sure that that is clear. This is Italy's fault. Oh, um, yeah. Craig, no. anything else mm. in this movie that we didn't mention that you liked? What did you think of Janet Bartley in, uh, as Elsa? Oh, she was uh, she was really good. I, I mean, did too, man. Yeah, I was really impressed. Yeah, I I, I really liked their first uh, interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and and the only other thing I was going to mention was when they take that bicycle ride. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look very comfortable for her. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it is or not. But like watching it, I was kind of like, "Whew, man! I don't know. I don't know how much fun that would really be." But uh, but they sure play it off pretty. They're all. I was gonna say she sold it though, man. She sold it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen people do that, so who knows? Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, what about I'm you? Man? To, uh, I think that's pretty much it. I, you know, I on the whole, I, yeah, I thought Janet Bartley was great. I thought Jimmy Cliff did a great job. I mean, there, there's you know a range of things he has to play in this movie, uh, <laughs> emotion wise yeah. and. Uh, machismo wise and everything in between and uh it, it's really interesting and then i i really did and just well, just because we screwed this up uh Roz daniel hartman who played pedro i liked him a lot like even though yeah you know he certainly was uh working in the in the illegal trade there as well um very sympathetic character and uh, just seemed like a nice dude <laughs> you know yeah. just trying to take care of his, his son and uh and stay happy um, I thought he yeah. was a really nice presence in the last half of this movie, but uh, I think it's it's a hearty recommendation f- from me to mm-hmm. simply experience this. I, I don't think it's you know if you're looking for something to put on the background, this is great. Like you're gonna get some great music. You're gonna mm-hmm. look up every now and then. Oh wow! Like look at this place. Like I've never seen uh, this place before in film quite like this. And uh, for those reasons alone. You should take your butts to Amazon Prime and go watch mm-hmm. it, man. It's streaming right now. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about it, Craig? No, I'm I am completely tapped. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to the movie we're going to tee up next time. But until then, mm-hmm. you have any last words for our faithful listeners today? Uh, you know, um, uh, what you have to remember at all times is don't. Uh, don't joke with your life. That's yes. Yeah, that's How about very that? good advice. Okay. <laughs>